Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Dream to Destination podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And I just want to say, um, so I, I record my podcast through a service called Anchor. And Anchor, if you um, download the Anchor app, you can actually like chat with me through the Anchor app. So I would love to invite um, people to do that. If you have comments on any episode or if you're like, you need to make this episode, how can you have a solo travel in a Mexico travel podcast and you haven't yet recorded an episode about this topic, I would love to do that. Um, that would be fun for me because I'll be like, how did I not think of that? And I'll be, you know, I'll figure out like a way to help um, in that regard. And that would be um, actually like a thrill and a treat for me too. So yeah, go ahead and download the Inker app and you can communicate directly with uh, through it. And you can also use it, you know, as a, um, a podcast player as well. So they're owned by Spotify. It's like a definitely, a, you know, a really reputable company. It's not like some like, should I really download another app kind of a thing. And if you have any interest in making a podcast, I highly recommend Anchor. In fact, speaking of future episodes, I'm going to be working on one about how to start a travel podcast. So now that that's out of the way, um, <laughs> what are we talking about this week? And Mexico is pretty. Mexico is a very pretty country, beautiful country. Um, but today we're going to be talking about the less than pretty side and it's about how not to get sick in Mexico and this episode like many episodes is based off of a blog that I wrote and this is kind of just the expanded form of the blog and that blog is going to be linked in the show notes but the blog actually uh if you go to the blog you're going to see that it has 10 tips to avoid Montezuma's revenge but really you're going to have to go to the blog and get the 10th tip because the Temple, we're not going to be talking about. Um, you kind of have to like watch a video associated with it to really understand the gravity of why this is my number one thing that I recommend for not getting sick in Mexico. And it does relate to Mexico's drinking water, which is the main thing people think will get them sick in Mexico, although there are other things and we're going to get to those things. So while the blog says 10 tips to avoid Montezuma's revenge, uh, this podcast is going to cover nine and you're going to have to go to the blog to discover the 10th one, which is really like, I think, one of your best defenses against getting sick in Mexico. So, um, yeah, if you're looking for ways to not get sick in Mexico, you have definitely come to the right guide as usual. I've been in Mexico for uh, coming up on three years, I've traveled around, I did about one straight year of, of solo travel, um, kind of before the pandemic. Uh, and then some, I've been in the Yucatan Peninsula traveling around this area for, for a while, of course, you know, COVID, um, made travel more difficult. I've still managed to take some small regional trips, um, but anyway, yeah, I've been around in Mexico. I've met a lot of other solo travelers, a lot of other travelers, and I have seen it all. I have, <laughs> I have seen and heard the horror stories of people getting sick in Mexico. And what I've definitely noticed is that no two stories are really alike. Everyone assumes they got sick from the food, which is, you know, it's probably a good you know, a good assumption, but like for the most part, a lot of that stuff cannot really be proven where you actually got sick. But, you know, ingesting food and water, of course, is like a big, a bit, probably a big source. But there's other things people don't take into consideration, which we're going to get into um, a little later in the podcast. But yeah, this, this article is coming from a place of like, these are like real conversations I've had with people, other travelers, and real kind of solutions and just sort of patterns I've picked up on of like, oh, well, you weren't thinking about this other thing that could get you sick, you know, stuff like that. So this is definitely coming from like real, real world <laughs> experience. 
Um, so by the end of this podcast, you are going to be an expert in how to avoid getting sick in Mexico, like I think I am, because I have never, I never had anything that lasted more than, let's say, more than 24 hours. Um, so I've never been like sick, super sick in Mexico. Um, but I've, you know, I have come across people. One girl I met from Australia, I was in Puerto Escondido on the beach in Oaxaca and she was in the hospital for three weeks. Like, you know, I, I don't have that kind of experience. Um, so I feel like I've done a pretty good job in managing to avoid getting actual sick in, in Mexico. So if you are ready to get in on some tips on how you, like me, can avoid uh, sickness in Mexico, or at least do things to the best of our abilities to, to not get sick in Mexico, not have a vacation ruining Montezuma's revenge experience, then um, stick around. And I have nine tips for you. And the 10th tip, you're going to have to go to the blog linked in the show notes to, uh, to discover that one. So let's take a quick break and come right back. Welcome back. So the first tip, of course, you could have probably assumed this is the first thing we're going to talk about, and it's about water in Mexico. So right off the bat, can you drink the water in Mexico? And the answer is no, you cannot drink the water in Mexico. That is unless you boil the water, which, um, which makes it safe to drink. But no one drinks the water in Mexico. Like locals don't drink the water. Um, visitors don't drink the water. It's just the water quality is sadly not good enough to drink in Mexico. So right off the bat, you cannot drink the water in Mexico. Um, yeah, this is honestly the number two most asked question for me after, is it safe to travel to Mexico? So, you know, can't stress it enough. Not safe. No one drinks it. You're not going to drink it. Locals aren't going to serve it to you, um, you know. Rest assured, you are not going to be drinking tap water in Mexico unless you go over to a tap and fill a cup and drink it. So, um, yeah, it's pretty easy to avoid uh, tap water in Mexico. So don't, you know, don't let that, like, deter you. Don't, I mean, of course, there's, like, all kinds of running, like, pop culture jokes about drinking the water in Mexico and Montezuma's revenge and this whole thing. But it's pretty difficult to actually drink the water in Mexico because no one's serving it. So now that you know you cannot drink the water in Mexico, I will explain to you what Montezuma's revenge means. So it means, you know, it's like a food poisoning, like you're going to be vomiting and you're going to probably have diarrhea. So Montezuma was the king of the Aztec Empire and was killed by, I don't know if it was Hernan Cortez or just the, the army of Hernan Cortez, but Montezuma was the king of the Aztecs who was killed by the Spanish forces. And they say that when Westerners come um, <clears throat> to Mexico, Montezuma enacts his revenge for his own death in the form of terrible sickness. Um, so that's who Montezuma was now that now you understand uh, the reference, if you didn't already. So, you know, whether or not it's actually Montezuma, we don't know, but something in the water is has made everyone sick, and uh, has led to the uh, Montezuma's revenge moniker. And that is because all water uh, carries to an extent bacteria, protozoa, viruses, toxins, even now microplastics. It, all water contains that stuff. All water anywhere on earth contains that stuff. And, you know, way back when, and whenever the expression Montezuma's Revenge was made, you know, Mexico's water purification standards were arguably much worse than they are today. But that still does not mean, again, you cannot drink the water in Mexico. It is what it is. But you know, hopefully, I know there was like an episode of Sex in the City and, and she like got a, some drops of water in her mouth or maybe a mouthful of water in the shower on accident and she got Mont uh, Montezuma's Revenge. I think it was Charlotte character. Um, but anyway, you know, you, you sh 
the water purification standards have gotten better to the point that you don't have to worry about like, did a drop of water touch my mouth? Like, you know, it's not that serious for the most part. So all water, no matter where on earth, contains viruses, uh, protozoa, bacteria, etc. And the reason you get sick, not necessarily only from traveling to Mexico, because so there's another um, similar type of sickness, which is called Delhi belly in India, the one of the big cities in India, Delhi, um, you know, belly rhymes. So they call it Delhi belly. So this is not Montezuma's revenge or traveler's diarrhea. TD is the actual medical term for this. It can happen anywhere in the world because your what is called your microbiome, which is the actual living bacteria that's lives in your gut also you might have heard it called gut bacteria you have a certain set of gut bacteria and microbiome in your body and those are adapted really to the place you live in because your body needs to be able to combat the bacteria and the protozoa and the viruses and the, and the ones that you commonly ingest on a daily basis your body is suited to be able to cope with those specific ones so when you go to another country mexico or any other country or even sometimes other states in the u.s you know you can experience um td or sickness traveler sickness because you're just not suited to what's in that food and, and water and even air quality you know in certain places to an extent too your body's not equipped to handle it whereas your body is equipped to handle the ones you come in contact with all the time you know which hopefully makes sense from a biological um standpoint so now that you have a better understanding of what's really going on um it's really that you're just going to a different place and that in general yes mexico water is not consumable for anyone so it's kind of two strikes in one but what can you do how how far do you have to take the don't drink the water does that mean if the water touches my skin in the shower it's a problem you know the answer to that is no um and then some people I have seen in forums ask, you know, can I brush my teeth with tap water? And actually the girl I mentioned that I met in Oaxaca City who was sick for three weeks, she had told me her doctor said, don't brush your teeth with the water. And um, I, I mean, from the time I got to Mexico, I was never brushing my teeth with the water. And what I mean is like putting water on the toothbrush before you brush your teeth. Um, so yeah, you, you should not be doing that um, because that's really putting the water right into your mouth where it shouldn't go. Uh, but some people, you know, need to put water on their toothbrush before they do the toothpaste and brush their teeth. So you can, in that case, use filtered water. Um, what I always did, and like I mentioned, I've never been really sick in Mexico. I just don't put any water and then i do rinse my toothbrush in the water in the tap water after but you know assumedly for me by the time that i next brush my teeth you know enough time has elapsed that any particles of, of bacteria or unwanted things that were on the tooth uh, on the toothbrush have you know died off another big question is is it safe to drink ice in Mexico? So when I was researching this blog, I came across a whole lot of things that said, just don't drink ice, just don't drink ice. And, um, you know, if you don't want to drink ice, that's great. But ice is also not made from tap water in Mexico because freezing water does not kill off um, bacteria. Boiling it does freezing it does not. Uh, so ice is also not made from tap water here because think of it this way, the locals don't want to get sick just as much as you don't want to get sick. Nobody wants to get sick. So locals are not making ice with 
water that's not safe for them to consume, you know? So it's nobody's in the habit of making ice out of tap water. Um, could it happen? I guess there's, of course, a chance of anything happening on the earth. So if you feel much, much better about yourself by not drinking ice, you know, just ask for things without ice. Uh, pretty easy to combat that. So that pretty much covers um, the whole gambit of the don't drink the water in Mexico. Is the water safe in Mexico? Can I brush my teeth with the water? It, it sort of hopefully covered a whole gambit of Mexico water related questions. So the next tip in my blog is actually the one that you're going to have to go to the blog um, to see. And it's a product that I recommend uh, wholeheartedly and use and love. And there is a YouTube video that is just gonna kind of blow your mind if you've never heard of this uh, amazing product that is gonna help you stay not sick in Mexico. So head there to check that out and let's uh, come right back after a short break and pick up with even more tips on how to not get sick in Mexico. Welcome back. So we are gonna um, much more quickly sort of go through um, these next, this next uh, maybe three tips. So tip three, if you head to the blog, which is linked in the show notes that this podcast is based off of, tip three is don't avoid street food altogether. So a lot of, uh, again, I did some research for this blog before writing it to kind of get a gauge of, of what questions were being asked. Um, and I saw a lot that said avoid street food in Mexico. And I feel like if you're just gonna avoid all street food in Mexico, like <laughs> you should just not come to Mexico. Because if you come to Mexico and don't eat the street food, it's almost like you didn't come to Mexico. Um, also, I think it's, it's kind of, um, street food in Mexico is ingrained in the culture. Like the food of Mexico is actually a UNESCO, which is the United Nations uh, Education Science, uh, there's one letter I'm forgetting, education, science, culture organization. So they've actually declared Mexican food, I think they call it an intangible cultural treasure of mankind, something like that. I don't have the wording in front of me. So there's only two food cultures that have this designation, and one is Mexico and one is France. And after living in Mexico three years, almost three years. And I've eaten everywhere from Pujol, which is considered the absolute best restaurant in all of Mexico. Uh, it's located in Mexico City to 25 cent tacos de canasta, which are basket tacos and the most inexpensive taco you can eat <laughs> in Mexico. I've eaten from I've eaten at both ends of the spectrum. And I can honestly say that if you want to eat Mexican food, you have to eat Mexican street food. Um, you know, that's my, uh, my two cents <laughs> on being, you know, being a self-proclaimed a little bit of like a food snob, but Mexico exists through its street food. So please don't come to Mexico and think that by avoiding street food, you're not going to get sick because like we mentioned in the last tip, it's really that you're coming to a different country. You know, you, there's a different set of bacteria. There's a different, you know, your body's playing by a different set of rules. You know, you're just as susceptible eating in a restaurant and getting sick as you are eating on the street and getting sick. So in uh, a couple tips down, we're gonna talk about how to choose the right street food stand because not all are created equal. But for now, uh, keep in mind that getting food poisoning or TD in Mexico or anywhere else on earth is kind of a little bit the luck or rather maybe the unlock of the draw. So just because street food is cooked on a street and not within the walls of a building, like it honestly doesn't make it any more or less safe because just think of, of your life 
in the US, you've probably known many people, at least several people who have gotten food poisoning and they've all got it from restaurants. They most likely didn't get it from eating street food. So street food does not automatically equate to sickness. And there are millions and millions of people in Mexico and millions and millions each day do not get sick from eating street food. So it's a little bit, I don't know, it's a little offensive to me to just be like, oh, street food makes you sick in Mexico because that's, I don't know, that has some implications that I think aren't being said in the actual words of that statement. Like street food is like a lower class thing. And like, you, if you want to think of it that way, you're not thinking with your stomach and the pure joy you're going to get from eating delicious street food in Mexico. So yeah, in my years of living in Mexico, I've seen people who have traveled here who have gotten very sick from eating in high-end restaurants. And I have seen the exact opposite. People who have lived off 25 cent street tacos have the trip of their life. So I, I really do think a lot of it does come down to the luck or the unlock of the draw. And again, we're gonna get into some like how to pick a good street food stand in a minute. But so yeah, the reality is just leaving your home country to travel to another country is a bit of a risk on your stomach because you're just not acclimated to the, that country's food and water supply. So, you know, to some extent, you're, the simple act of traveling is putting yourself at risk. Um, but, you know, millions of people visit Mexico each year. In fact, 45 million in 2019, according to Mexico's Tourism Bureau. And only a very small fraction gets sick. So, you know, don't think avoiding street food is the answer because that's not the answer. So now, oh, now we're actually going to talk about um, how to choose the right street food. I thought it was a few tips lower in the blog, but it's not. It's the next tip. Tip number four, how to choose the right street food stand. Um, Again, I saw a lot of articles that said just avoid street food. And as mentioned, that is not the way to not get sick in Mexico. That's not a guarantee to not get sick in Mexico. And I think if it was, people would just avoid street food. But since that's not a guarantee, uh, let's talk about five tips on picking the best street food stand in Mexico in the hopes that you don't get sick. So the first one is to look for long lines. Um, long lines is a sign of one, that the food is good. And two, you know, places reputations build over time. So if something has a reputation for like a whole lot of people have got sick from this place, they're probably not gonna have a long line. Now it's not that long lines are a guarantee of great food, but I think in some sense, they're definitely an indication of good hygiene, or at least that like a bunch of people are not getting sick there. The second tip is to look for taxi cabs. Uh, the cabs, just by the nature of their job that they drive around all day, they have access to anywhere in the city, anywhere, wherever you are in that city, a cab can eat there because they kind of have a mobile office in that sense. So cabs tend to know like what's good, what's safe, and also what's inexpensive. So look for a high volume of taxi cabs somewhere. The next tip is to look for two employees. So at a good street food stand, there's gonna be two employees at the minimum. And one is the person who cooks and prepares and touches the food. And two is the person who handles the money. And those people need to be two separate people. There will be instances where it won't be two people and the person, in that case, the person has to be putting on gloves in between the cooking and the taking of money. So if, if there's not two employees, you know, just be on the lookout for that. The next tip is to look for hand sanitizer. If you don't see a bottle of hand sanitizer, just simply skip that place. Um, I know there's all kinds of studies that say hand sanitizer is really not helping uh, or might not help with getting rid of germs in the way that we are kind of hoping it does. But I think it's a bigger issue of like 
if they don't even care to have hand sanitizer, like both for them as an for an employee and a person handling food and for the customer, I think it's just, that's a safe one to avoid. I would personally avoid such a place, but honestly, I really haven't seen, I don't, I can't think of the last time or if I've ever been to a place that didn't have hand sanitizer. But anyway, just be on the lookout for that. And the last tip is actually to look at yourself. Um, remember that your own hands are one of the dirtiest parts of your body. That's, you know, not a, not an insult to you. It's all humans. Our hands are, our mouths are, are pretty dirty as far as like concentration of germs and, and things like that. You know, your hands are one of the dirtiest parts of your body. It's a fact. And you're about to use them to eat. So whenever possible, wash your hands before eating. And of course, also use hand sanitizer. So what foods to avoid in Mexico? Now that you know how to choose the right street food stand, what foods should you simply avoid? So as mentioned, there is no exact formula on how not to get sick in Mexico or else I probably would not have needed to make this podcast. But keep the, this simple kind of rule in mind. And this is from another travel blogger I know named Emily. And um, we recorded a podcast, episode eight, where she has 35 great tips for traveling to Mexico. And one of her tips is actually this, and I'm taking this directly from her. <laughs> so thank you, Emily. Hot food should be hot. Cold food should be cold. So that, that should make sense, right? But let's like break it down just a little further so we're all definitely on the same page. So when you're ordering a food that's supposed to be served hot, make sure that it is hot and not warm. Like you should maybe even see some steam coming off of the food. When in doubt at a street food stand, you know, seek places that are cooking and serving on the spot. Uh, you can probably feel a little bit safer if you're eating stuff cooked in front of you, handed right to you. So if things are kind of sitting around, you know, say a street food stand has three options of what they serve. If option one is like kind of sitting around, option two, you know, like is something they're making and, you know, waiting for people to come by that one. And then option three is whatever they're cooking and handing to you right after they cook it, you know, go with that one. Or if that's what, you know, if you want to take extra time to find another street food stand serving a particular food, just look for the one serving that food, but they're cooking it and serving it immediately after one another. So cold food should be cold. It's, it's the same exact rule uh, with cold foods and cold beverages. Just um, make sure they're cold. So the, the two examples I thought of with regarding to cold food were actually drinks. But of course, this applies to foods. So smoothies and agua frescas, which are fruit waters, they're pretty popular in Mexico. And there will you'll find a lot of like streets, I guess, street smoothie stands and street juice stands. And for me personally, I would skip like getting an agua fresca, you know, from a street stand under the hot midday sun because there's more chance, you know, of bacteria growing in those conditions. And there's also more of a chance that I'm not going to get my cold smoothies served cold. So hot food should be hot, cold food should be cold. And this next point is something I saw come up a lot. And it's are salads safe in Mexico? I saw a ton of articles, mostly the same ones that said avoid street food altogether. They said avoid street food and avoid salads. So I don't know what you're going to eat in Mexico. Um, <laughs> but uh, avoid street food and pretty much avoid restaurant food. I guess you can have like a plate of tortillas that might be safe. So this whole thing of avoiding salads in Mexico, and it's also really avoiding all like produce, fresh produce. And I, I believe what the thinking here is that like in the U.S., we just run raw veggies kind of under tap water. I think more and more people are starting to actually do more of a thorough cleaning or use like the produce wash. Um, but yeah, in Mexico, that's really common. You, you'll see produce wash everywhere because as we know, water in Mexico is not safe to drink. It's not clean enough for human consumption. So if that's the case, 
how could running vegetables just under the water make them clean, you know? And again, locals don't want to get sick as much as you don't want to get sick. So cleaning produce and water, I mean, excuse me, in Mexico, it's either done with like soap, soapy water, like some foods you might just like when I buy avocados, I'll just like use the soap and water sponge for the dishes and I'll do that. Um, certain things that works for uh, other things more like, you know, if I'm preparing cilantro, I'll make a mixture of either the produce cleaner, the produce wash or vinegar and water. And you soak things for like 10 minutes and then you can take them out. Uh, you know, that works really well for things, leafy things like lettuces and herbs. So depending on what it is, you know, cleaning produce in Mexico is not as simple as washing it, rinsing it under the faucet, which I think is, is a little more common in the U.S. So, you know, my thought is that the thinking is, you know, that's how we do it in the U.S. and that's how they do it here. And so if the water's not safe, then the, the produce isn't safe. But again, that's simply not the case. You know, you're in a new country and there's a new set of rules. And of course, it's hard to get out of the headspace of like, well, this is how I'm accustomed to it happening. But, you know, there's plenty of ways to clean produce. And in Mexico, it's a little more thorough of a procedure. So that's uh, those are some tips on choosing street foods, what street foods to avoid, and of course, the big takeaway is hot food should be hot, cold food should be cold. So let's take a quick break and we will come back and we will actually do the last five tips uh, coming straight from the blog that this podcast is based off of, which is linked in the show notes. Welcome back. Um, we are going to do five tips, five additional tips on how not to get sick in Mexico. Tip number five is don't assume that TD, Montezuma's Revenge, uh, is the only sickness you can get in Mexico. I honestly think a lot of the times people have gotten sick, it's from the things that they weren't thinking about because everyone's so preoccupied with the not drinking the water, water's the thing that's gonna make you sick in Mexico that uh, a lot of other things that are maybe even more quote unquote, real of a threat, you know, get overlooked. So the first one is altitude sickness in Mexico City. And this also applies to uh, San Cristobal de las Casas, which is in the state of Chiapas, Mexico. It's a little more of an off the beaten path destination, but some parts of Mexico are way high up in the mountains at, at high elevations. I think, you know, Mexico kind of gets lumped in as a monolith of, of, just beautiful beaches because there's just so many thousands of miles of coastline and the beaches are, you know, some among the most popular destinations. But beyond that, Mexico City is is also one of the top destinations in the country. Definitely the, the top city destination in the country. And I don't most people don't know this, but it's about a mile and a half above sea level. It's pretty, pretty high up in the mountains. And altitude sickness I, so I lived in Mexico City about a year, and I would say 50% of like new visitors to Mexico City got altitude sickness to some degree or another. And, you know, this can be, of course, you know, some people have mild symptoms all the way up to like flu-like symptoms like nausea, um, you know, even like not being able to keep foods down and, and all those kinds of unpleasant things things that you don't want to happen on your vacation. So keep in mind, you know, some people do very well with altitude sickness acupressure bracelets, and some people need to take actual full-on anti-altitude sickness medication. Um, so if you head to the blog linked in the show notes, you're going to find uh, some recommendations on both of those things. The next thing that a lot of people aren't thinking about, and this re does relate a lot to the beaches, but it relates to the cities too, because you're walking around so much and it's dehydration in Mexico. Um, have some, like, make sure you're hydrating. 
at all times because also dehydration leads to other unforeseen consequences that come of dehydration. Like it makes you, you know, sleepier. It makes you more irritable. Um, you know, you can faint and all the, like, there's all kinds of symptoms associated with dehydration that you don't want either. But again, I, I think, you know, with the concerns over the water, we forget, but bottled water is readily available in Mexico. You're never going to drink tap water. So either, you know, make sure your water intake is even higher than normal, let's say, for your for your normal day to day life, because again, you're you're moving around so much. Um, beaches in Mexico are very sunny and very very hot. Uh, even in cities of Mexico that are mildly hot, but that you're walking so much and you're outside so much. So just keep keep uh, front of mind dehydration. And another one is alcohol poisoning, and this kind of ties into dehydration too, because that's one of the reasons we get alcohol poisoning. And, you know, it's not about not drinking in Mexico. Mexico produces some really yummy adult beverages from like mezcal in Oaxaca City, pulque in Mexico City and central Mexico to Valle de Guadalupe, which is Mexico's, they call it Mexico's um, Napa Valley. So it's a big, huge wine producing region. Um, beautiful, beautiful part of the country. So it's not about not drinking. I mean, if you don't drink, you shouldn't drink. But for other people, it's really about, you know, like planning ahead again, making sure you're drinking enough water. And if you head to the blog linked in the show notes, there are some anti hangover meds that, you know, are really great to bring their, you know, herbal homeopathic ingredients and you kind of just take one before you're going to go out drinking and, you know, your chances of being hung over the next day are much, much lower. So the next tip, how not to get sick in Mexico, it is see if you're feeling sick, see a doctor. Do see a doctor if you're sick or and or if you're feeling sick. So unlike in the U.S., going to the doctor in Mexico is quite inexpensive and it's usually also very, very fast. So if you are sick, don't take any chances. If you're feeling sick, don't take any chances. Head to one of the big chain pharmacias or pharmacies in Mexico. There's a few pharmacias similares, which might be the biggest one, pharmacia Yiza, which is Y-Z-A, and pharmacia Guadalajara are really big chains. Uh, you'll find them all over the country. And they have walk-in clinics or what's known as a consolario. The consulta consultarios, consultarios. And the consultarios are great. You just walk in, they're in the pharmacy. So you'll see the sign for the pharmacy. You'll walk in and usually, you know, within 15 minutes or so, you're going to see a doctor. They're going to assess your symptoms. Hopefully you only need medication, which you're already at a pharmacy, so you can grab there. And if not, they can, you know, refer you to the next level, which hopefully you don't need, but would be a hospital. But it's much easier, you know, to go to see um, the consultarios doctors than going in to an actual hospital if you don't really even need to be at the hospital. So for reference, I was bit by a spider in Bacalar, Mexico, in the Yucatan Peninsula. It's a little bit of an off the beaten path destination. It's a little rural out there. Um, uh, it's a beautiful, huge lake, actually the second largest freshwater lake in the world. But you know, this is a very natural, au natural kind of uh, nature-y type vacation. So I was there, I was bit by a spider and it took me about five minutes to see a doctor at the consultarios. And I got the exam. I got antibiotic pills. I believe it was a two-week pill supply and a skin cream, a topical skin cream. And the entire process, again, took me five minutes and cost me about eight US dollars. So if you are feeling sick in Mexico or if you are sick, don't don't like put off 
seeing a doctor, at least in the clinic, it's not the same as in the US. You're not going to like, you know, you're not going to get slapped with like an $800 bill for a five minute doctor appointment and some medications. It cost me $8 to see a doctor get antibiotics and a skin cream. So that's just for reference, of course, that would vary depending on situation to situation. But I just want to like kind of illustrate the point that, um, you know, don't, don't put off seeing a doctor just because, you know, sadly in the US with the state of the healthcare system, you know, it's something I feel like people do put off doing. So don't take your chances in Mexico. And pro tip, if your Spanish isn't super great, or even if your Spanish is good, and you know, these are medical terms you're going to be dealing with at a doctor. So make sure you download the Google Translate app. I'm sure there are other apps, but I guess any translator app that you use and love. Uh, I have the Google Translate app and, you know, have that downloaded on your phone. And then you can just speak into the app and it will like say what you're, it'll translate back in audio form to the, to a doctor. And then if needed, the doctor can reply to you with the same translator app. So I've had to do this at doctors. My Spanish is like pretty, pretty good. But again, there's levels of fluency. I think I'm fluent, but I'm not like medical fluent and I'm not legal fluent. So I would, you know, need a translator app or something to sign a contract or to see a doctor. So the translator app really did come in handy. The next tip, tip seven, is don't pack the whole medicine cabinet. Uh, you can really get pretty much anything over the counter in Mexico. Anything you can get over the counter in Mexico in the U.S. you can get it in Mexico. Even antibiotics are readily available, and as mentioned, all this stuff costs less money or much less money than it costs in the U.S. So you'll definitely, of course, want to bring anything that's prescribed to you, um, and you're going to want to bring anything that will come in handy where you're going, like as mentioned, the altitude sickness meds for Mexico City, maybe some anti-hangover meds if you're going to Cancun to party. Uh, if you're brand specific, like let's say, for example, you only take Advil, it's the only thing that cooperates with your body, you should bring Advil with you because there's a good chance you might not find Advil in Mexico. But if you're just someone who like maybe gets a headache once in a while, you know, save, you don't have to bring headache pills. You can save the space in your suitcase and you can get stuff like that very, very easily in Mexico. But again, just might not be your brand if you have a brand specific uh, preference. So do tip number eight, do come prepared with these items. As mentioned, you don't need to bring the whole medicine cabinet, but I do recommend bringing stomach meds. Um, you might want to consider anti-diarrheal medications, maybe Tums or Pepto for just an upset stomach. So while you can buy these things very easily in Mexico, for me, this is one of those things where like, I would tell people to carry them around with you because you really just like, if, if for, if you get struck with the misfortune of becoming sick, the last thing you want to do is go to a pharmacy and get stomach meds. <laughs> like you're already feeling not a hundred percent. Like the last thing you want to do is like put on clothes, get in an Uber or take a walk and go get medications in a foreign country. It's like the low, you know, so this is something that just, just bring it, you know, I think just bring them with you, have them with you. If you should at any moment you need them, you're not going to have to worry about like, going out and finding them, although they are easily findable. So do bring hand sanitizer for sure. I This definitely used to be a suggestion and is now sort of a mandatory. But, um, you know, have it and maybe even get one of those little pouches that kind of clips onto the side of, um, of your purse or your backpack or your keychain. And, you know, that way I feel like it, the more you see it, the more you use it. So if it's on the outside of your purse rather than inside of your purse, you're going to see it, you know, so much more and you're going to use it so much more. So another thing I recommend is a travel size pack of tissues. Um, there have been times in places like 
um, you know, pueblos in small towns or rural areas, gas station or mercado, market bathrooms, where toilet paper can sometimes be MIA. And it is, this is one of those better safe than sorry things. So I carry around a small pack of tissues. They can also come in handy, like for a napkin or to wipe down a, a, a table. Anyway, small travel pack of tissues. And the last thing is tampons. Um, in larger cities, tampons are readily available. However, in smaller, more rural areas, off the beaten path destinations, this is not always the case. It is more and more the case nowadays, especially anywhere you know they know Westerners go. They'll little tiendas, little stores will carry tampons. But again, like mentioned with the the meds, if you're brand specific or if you're like size specific, if you only wear like Tampax extra large, you should bring those because they're while you might be able to find Tampax medium, you might be not be able to find extra large. So come prepared with your specifics. But again, if you don't really care or mind, um, you know, you can buy, you can definitely buy those things um, in Mexico. So those are some health things that are going to help, um, you know, with how not to get sick and help with uh, what to do if you are sick. And then tampons are just a bonus thrown in because I don't think most women think they sh you know, oh, I'll just buy tampons there. And yes, you can, but no, you cannot be specific about what kind you're buying. So tip nine is don't, <laughs> tip nine, how not to get sick in Mexico. It is don't spend your whole vacation worried about being sick in Mexico. So as mentioned, getting sick in Mexico, for me, it's really a little bit of a crapshoot. It's the luck or the unluck of the draw. Um, it can happen whether or not you're obsessing over it. So there's really no point in obsessing over it. Um, you now have several tips on how not to get sick in Mexico. So you know how to like make better choices. Um, but, you know, you also want to enjoy the trip. You can't or, I mean, you can, but it doesn't seem enjoyable to just walk around being like, oh, there's germs there. There's germs on that. I don't know about that. That guy's hands, like, you know, like, this doesn't look right. I don't know about salads. You know, you know, you can't, like, that's not going to lead to an enjoyable vacation. So, you know, you do the best you can and you sort of roll the dice and hope for the best. But if you do fall ill, you also now know what to do if you get sick in Mexico. You can go to the inexpensive walk-in clinics, the consultorios, uh, at Pharmacia Similares, Pharmacia Yiza, Pharmacia Guadalajara, whatever's closest to you. You know, you don't have to make an appointment. You walk in, you probably just write your name on a clipboard, and they'll call you within minutes. Uh, those are they're quick walk-in clinics. So, the you know, the doctor kind of looks, assesses, um, you know, and it's meant to be an in and out procedure. They're, you know, they're not going to do x-rays on you there and, and all that kind of stuff. If you need that, they're going to tell you where to go. But, you know, it's a quick process. It's a, a relatively, definitely relative to the U.S. It's an inexpensive process. So don't, you know, don't take chances. The last tip is to wash and sanitize your hands often. Um, as mentioned, the hands are one of the dirtiest parts of our bodies. No, uh, no hate on each individual human. It just is a fact of nature that our hands are pretty dirty. We touch things a lot. Um, so remember to keep hand cleanliness like front of mind at all times. So just as preventing Mexico's stomach virus and Montezuma's revenge is clearly on the minds of most travelers, or else you probably would not have listened to this podcast, um, try to put hand washing just as front of mind. And this might seem like overkill, but I really do recommend like anytime you're somewhere with a sink or walking by a sink, like wash your hands. And the thing is, you know, you really don't always know when the opportunity is going to present itself again. So big cities particularly are notorious for places not letting you use the bathroom unless you're a customer. 
So, you know, if you're just, if you happen to be somewhere or you're traveling with a buddy or a partner and they are going somewhere and buying a water, like take advantage of that time, you know, use the bathroom based off their purchase. Uh, because you really just don't know when the next opportunity is going to present itself. So for me, anytime a sink and soap is available, I will wash my hands. And of course, as mentioned, the travel sized uh, hand sanitizer keychain bottle holder. There's some really cute ones linked in the blog and the show notes if you like a, you know, a stylish and cute way to hold your <laughs> sanitizer. So yeah, prioritize hand washing as much as you're prioritizing not getting sick. And, you know, your leaps and bounds ahead of someone who's just obsessing with not getting sick. So those are my 10 pro tips on how not to get sick in Mexico. I hope they were valuable to you. I hope you head to the blog, which is linked in the show notes. Um, oh, because that's where the 10th tip is. You're going to find the 10th tip there. And the 10th tip is really the game changer tip. So I hope you uh, I hope you check it out. I hope you found value in this. I would love to hear from you. Send me a voice note in the Anchor app. Um, tell me if you loved this episode, if you hated this episode, if you want more content about um, Mexico travel tips like this, if you want Mexico uh, solo travel specific stuff, if you want Mexico destination stuff, anything. I'm open to anything. This The podcast recordings is like my passion project. I love doing it. And I would love to make content that is relevant to audience listeners. So thank you so much for tuning in this week. And until we chat again next week, nos vemos chicas. That means see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the Dream to Destination podcast. I hope you continue tuning in as I release new episodes each Monday. If you prefer to be notified when they come out, just head to your podcast provider of choice and hit that subscribe button. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please also consider leaving a written review and a star rating. These two things help push us up in the algorithm so that other travelers can find us. Speaking of other travelers, if you know anyone who would love this podcast, please also share it with them. And then let's all be friends over on the socials. I'm on Insta, Facebook, and Pinterest at Travel Mexico Solo and on Twitter at Travel Mex Solo. Thanks again for tuning in and I really hope this will not be our last conversation. Mm-hmm.